I'm Robin Amlo of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Charles Damon, Chief Product Officer of Token.io. We are talking about how open banking is changing the payments landscape and account-to-account payments and how they present a genuine threat to cards. Do they present a threat to cards, Charles? They do. Open banking was was really created under a regulatory mandate in in many markets. In fact, in the the UK, it came from the Competition Markets Authority. And since the the introduction of open banking in the UK, we've really, in in 2018, uh, we really started to see a tipping point last year in terms of merchants offering open banking payment services to consumers and consumers adopting it. The interesting thing is that we now see more than 6 million monthly open banking payments transactions. And you can really use open banking payments for all kinds of, um, to to, to purchase, for example, a car. You can pay your taxes now using open banking. You can pay off your credit card bill with open banking. So it has really started to become a, a more mainstream payment method now. And in that, we help in particular PSPs to offer open banking payment services to merchants. And we now process about 20% of all this volume in the UK. So we really started to see it, it coming off and, and competing with alternative payment methods such as cards. There is one issue that I think of immediately. If I make a payment with a credit card, I have certain consumer protections. If I make a payment that's account to account, what happens to those protections? Credit cards are a different instruments because you're granted credit. Open banking payments really, if we look at cards, really competes more on the, with debit cards, where, of course, the transaction is deducted from your current accounts. And there it has significant benefits. If we look, for example, on the merchant side, one of the reasons why it's such a threat to cards is because there's a significantly lower cost of processing for merchants. And in particular, if the merchants process payments or from an EU entity given Brexit, there has been recently a very large interchange hike by the, by the card scheme. So there are significant savings to be made by offering open banking payments for merchants. The second aspect is that in, in terms of its benefits is that the significantly lower fraud and because every transaction has strong customer authentication. So that means that you're identified when you make your transaction and uh, the bank knows for certain that it's you that is making that transaction. And thirdly, uh, open banking payments uh, has a significantly faster settlement of funds. So for merchants, that's important because that really improves improves their their cash flow. If you then look at the consumer side, though, and I think that's particularly relevant in this cost of living crisis, is open banking payments give consumers a control because when you make the payment, you log into your bank account. And before you make the payment, you can see the balance on your bank account. So one, you can really determine from what account do I want to pay, but also do I really want to pay for this transaction? Do I have enough balance in my account? So it gives the consumers really a sense of control. And the other element is that since the introduction of strong customer authentication for card-based payments, you start to see that when you make a card transaction now, you're often asked by your bank, well, can you actually go to your mobile banking app and indicate that you really want to make this transaction. So although that improves the security of the transaction, it also has introduced a lot more friction. And suddenly the open banking payment experience is actually a much better user experience uh, by making a transaction compared to when you make a card-based transaction. So 
I think if we compare really open banking payments between cards, it really is 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 comparing open banking payments with debit cards versus credit cards. Credit cards is a different type of payment instrument. These payments, though, the account to account payments, are not the only kind of payments that are going to be around in the future. We have the variable recurring payments (VRP), which has only just started to come into people's general consciousness this year. What's the significance of the rollout of VRP, and what does it mean for open finance, not just open banking? We see VRP really as, as the future of open banking payments. It's really the next phase, which opens up a number a number of opportunities, uh, both for merchants as well as for banks. So if we look at the, the overall services, it offers, at the moment, open banking payments really covers single immediate payments. So you can make a one-off purchase uh, and that's it. Variable recurring payments, it's in its it's in the words, um, enables a number of additional use cases. One is effectively recurring payments uh, for a fixed or a variable amount, but also really one-click e-commerce payments. Because what you do is as a consumer, you give a mandate, you give your consent to make transactions in a programmable way from your bank account. So for example, you can give your authority to a certain merchant to bill you in a regular basis from your bank account. It doesn't only open up a set of new payment use cases, which are really exciting for the overall industry, but variable recurring payments really covers two sides. One it offers, which is covered by the current open banking mandate, it covers so-called sweeping uh, sweeping services. And sweeping um, really means moving money from one account to the senior name to another. So, for example, where now paying off your credit card is already uh, quite a big service for uh, for open banking payments. So you can use open banking payments to, to pay off your monthly credit card bill. It does mean, though, that every month you have to go into your credit card account and make a payment using open banking. With variable recurring payments and sweeping, you can basically say to your credit card provider, I want to pay off my balance every month in an automatic way. So that means that Whatever your balance is, you uh, you pay it off automatically, and you don't have to go into your credit card, into your credit card account to do that every time. Now you can also say, "I want to pay off a certain fixed amount of my credit card bill, the minimum balance, for example." Again, which gives you really control over your spending. So that is what is covered with sweeping under the current regulation. The transformative element of variable recurring payments is really the non-sweeping use cases for e-commerce payments, for example. And that opens also up a revenue opportunity for the banks because non-sweeping use cases, e-commerce payments, etc., are outside of the regulation, which gives an opportunity to for, for banks to really leverage part of the infrastructure investments that they have had to make to offer open banking APIs. So we are very supportive of that because we believe that I think to really build out a healthy open banking and open finance ecosystem, there needs to be incentives for all parties in the chain and for banks to invest in APIs. We believe that it's also important for the banks that there's a compensation model for the banks to, um, uh, to offer all kinds of new services. So VRP, we see VRP very much as a catalyst. But we can we, we foresee that for a very healthy open finance ecosystem, for example, the introduction of open, uh, for example, of lending APIs would be really interesting as well. So 
We believe that we're really just at the start of those new premium APIs. And banks can offer so many more APIs that they could monetize in the future to providers such as ourselves. Well, there has to be a reason for a banking institution to want to do this, to want to invest in this area. There also has to be a reason yeah. for the consumer to want to take up the service that's being offered. There has to there have to be benefits on both sides. Indeed. So banks have an opportunity to really monetize those to, to monetize those APIs and to, to get a return on investment. Uh, the consumers on the flip side will get benefits of having on the one hand that control over their spending uh, and being able to say to an e-commerce company, for example, yeah, I'm prepared to pay every month a certain amount to you for this type of service, for example. On the other side, it's also this frictionless user experience. So, And we have seen that adoption of new payment methods, the user experience is an absolutely critical piece. So with certain services, you don't even know that you're paying. For example, if you when you book your cab with Uber, you're just billed at the end of the ride and that's it. We believe that it's it's this combination of on the one hand having control over your spending, but on the other hand, having a very, very good, a very good user experience will really drive this adoption and drive some significant benefits to consumers. Now we're seeing a very fast changing banking environment. Is the regulatory landscape keeping pace in Europe, in the UK? We see a lot of changes in the regulatory landscape. If we start with the UK, the, the banks have completed their mandate on their, uh, the open banking mandate under the CMA9. So really from a UK perspective, we're, we're starting to define now the next phase of open banking. There's now the strategic, uh, the strategic working group from the Joint Regulatory Oversight Committee that is really defining this phase. And Token plays a really active role in this definition of this next uh, phase of open banking. And we believe, again, that, that some of those commercial models that we, that, we, that we spoke about earlier will also form an important element of uh, that next phase. Now, Europe is, it's, is really interesting as well. We see that, that in Europe, there, there are actually some really encouraging developments that we have seen that go alongside that, that next phase of, uh, of open banking in the UK as well. So in the UK, we have seen the introduction of the SEPA Payment Account Access Scheme, which is the definition of a set of a rulebook and a set of APIs. And again, premium APIs that the banks can monetize that provides a lot of new services that cover lots of different payment use cases that we have tested already with a lot of PSPs and merchants that have generated a lot of interest. So it really is the next phase of account-to-account payments through this SEPA payment account access scheme. The last element from a, from a regulatory change perspective is we expect some announcements from the European Commission. We know that, and, and the European Commission has been quite vocal about the importance of having a pan-European account-to-account payment scheme. And that was also one of the reasons of the introduction of PSD2. We expect some level playing field um, in terms of the, uh, the, int- the, the deployment of SEPA Instant and an increased push uh, of the adoption of SEPA Instant because real-time payment rails are a critical element in the adoption of open banking. So we, we expect some changes from a pricing perspective and, in the, and, and from an adoption perspective for the banks to adopt the real-time SEPA uh, Instant scheme in, uh, in Europe which we believe will be really encouraging for the adoption of open-making payments. Well, if we can just polish up the old crystal ball for a moment, 
and look ahead in five years' time, for example, open banking payments, mainstream, new relationships with e-commerce and m-commerce providers, what's it all going to look like for the consumer? We believe that in, in order to drive this adoption, uh, the role of PSPs is absolutely is absolutely critical. And that's where we see a lot of interest now from PSPs to adopt open banking payments and make it part of the overall payment mix. Because there's this chain for a consumer to adopt uh, open banking payments, merchants need to offer it. The easiest way for merchants to offer it is through their PSP alongside all the other payment methods. That is where, uh, as a company, we really help merchants, uh, we really help PSPs to make it as easy as possible to adopt open banking payments as part of their overall payment mix. When PSPs start to adopt open banking payments and merchants start to adopt open banking payments, that will really drive and increase the acceptance from a consumer perspective. So to answer your question, within five years from now, we would expect 10% of all e-commerce, online e-commerce payments to be uh, to be covered uh, by open banking payments. It will become a very mainstream payment method, given all the benefits that we spoke about earlier in the, in the, in the podcast, the lower cost of processing, the faster settlement, lower fraud for merchants, uh, the control aspects for consumers. And I don't think that consumers will really think about this anymore am I now paying through this particular instrument or this particular instrument? It will become, I think it will become a very natural way of paying for a consumer because ultimately I think the vast majority of payments in future, it's not dependent on a physical instrument like a card anymore. The vast majority of transactions will become online and ultimately your debit card is intrinsically linked to your account. So why shouldn't you pay just straight from your bank account? So, our predictions, and this was, and, and there's some analyst estimates from from Uniper, for example, as well. Will will be that about ten percent of all e-commerce payments will be open banking payments in future, and it will be a very natural way of, and not only paying but also sharing your data with third parties moving forward. So, uh, your your mortgage application in five years. Will you still be sending in your bank account statements or not? I don't think so. I think it will just be granting your access uh, to share your data with that mortgage provider so you can get the best mortgage deal automatically. So, which will ultimately lead to really this adoption of open finance overall in Europe. So five years from now, I think the landscape will be really, really different, um, both from an open banking payments and an open finance perspective. Charles Damon, Chief Product Officer of Token.io. Thank you very much.